0: This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast.
1: This is AMI-audio Live, bringing community events closer to you.
2: And welcome to the Metro Toronto Convention Center in downtown Toronto. It's the Special Olympics Ontario Invitational Youth Games. My name is Mike Ross. I'm the host of Live from Studio 5 on AMI-audio and AMI-tv and I'm joined here by past Paralympian Brock Richardson, Norma Wick, and Karen McGee. We're at the opening ceremonies which kick off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time but an hour from now they can be streamed live on TSN. The event is hosted by an old friend of ours Vic Router who called the Most recent vision-impaired Burt Blind curling event on AMI-audio back in February. And, Norma, he did that with you.
3: He did. I mostly just stayed out of his way, to be honest. But uh, he brought a lot of excitement to the rink, and there's a lot of excitement here tonight in celebration of the 50th anniversary of the Special Olympics movement. 2019 Special Olympics Ontario Invitational Youth Games will bring together 2,000 student-athletes from around the world to Toronto from today, May 14th to May 17th. For the first time, high school-aged athletes with an intellectual disability will have the chance to compete in an international sports competition. Athletes aged 13 to 21, both with and without an intellectual disability, will compete in athletics, basketball, bocce, floor hockey, or soccer.
4: The event will be offered in two types of divisions. A traditional division where all athletes will are on a team and have an intellectual disability and unified division where all athletes will, with and without um, intellectual disabilities, and will have the opportunity to compete on the same team. Unified sports provide a unique and fantastic opportunity for students with intellectual disabilities and compete with one another, uh, mainstream peers.
3: Building off a uh, successful school championships program offered in Ontario since the 2011-2012 school year, the Youth Games Act as a great opportunity for Ontario to invite the rest of the world to Toronto to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Special Olympics and showcase the power of age-appropriate and unified competition opportunities for our youth athletes.
2: So over the next hour, we will be speaking with athletes, organizers, coaches, and other people associated with the Special Olympics Ontario Invitational Youth Games. You've heard Norma, we've heard... Rock. I want to welcome in Karen McGee, AMI's Regional Content Specialist for Eastern Canada. Nice to see you once again.
5: Well, Thanks for having me on again.
2: Now, this is an event that you brought to the attention of AMI. So how much experience have you got being around Special Olympics events? And, and what do you think this means to the people at Special Olympics Ontario?
5: Well, I got introduced to it a little bit more um, when I, uh, we, we produced a documentary on the 24-hour relay up at Blue Mountain about an hour and a half north of here at Collingwood and it was a fundraiser for Special Olympics and I got the chance to meet a lot of the team. Um, they talked to athletes, they talked to people who are up there raising money and I just love the energy here and what really impressed me, and I'm sure you'll talk about it, but this, this is, a, this is a Canadian invention, this is a Canadian um, idea and Dr. Frank Hayden who's still alive and lives in Ontario right now, um, he realized the importance of athletics for persons um, of, with, with developmental disabilities and he realized that by competing and by, by participating that it really enriched their lives and, and gave them a sense of energy and, and brought them out of you know some isolation it brought them friends and the companionship and uh, It really really helped sort of with their with their ongoing ongoing lives and we all give it a lot of credit to the Kennedys and the Shriver family. But it's Canadian, and quite frankly, we should claim that.
3: We should. You know, because the other thing, too, is, is you, t- you touched on it there. It's a sense of community, you know, and uh, you see that with the unified sport in, in particular, that you have mainstream athletes working together with kids with intellectual disabilities and that has worked out extremely well because, again, it builds community.
5: Yeah, and we're in the holding area where all the athletes are gathering before the opening ceremonies, and you can feel the energy, and you see, like, the teams chatting with each other and talking oh, yeah. and making us Like, I saw signs from Texas all across Canada. Um, it's wonderful. So if it gets a little loud, there's a lot of kids very excited behind us. Well,
2: already, I mean, you can hear a buzz, you know, automatically. We're in a huge conference center in downtown Toronto, um, and, and this hall is actually divvied up into some smaller yet ginormous halls and uh, the, the kids here among the teams have already started chanting and, and the organizers and, and the team leaders are getting the teams going so a lot of fun here uh, over the next uh, few days with this event mentioned brock richardson now brock past paralympian does that mean you're old and retired or i, I just asked, like are you still playing first of all
4: I take great offense to being <laughs> called old, but anyway, we'll... Look
5: we'll, who it's coming from. We'll, Don't worry about right, it. We'll right. move on from
4: that. Well, I, uh, I recently retired from the sport of bocce. I competed for about three quarters of my life. Now, I did uh, indoor bocce, so I competed in Beijing in 2008 and then London 2012. Uh, the whole slew of uh, world championships in the middle of that, so I can really relate what the athletes are going through in this moment. They're very excited. Opening ceremony, it's kind of that moment where you all get to get together. It's like we're finally here. This is that mark on the calendar where everyone's like, this is what we're working towards, the training schedule. So I can totally relate to what's going on here.
2: Now, you, you played outdoor, or in, you said indoor? Indoor, yeah. So I'm told, I didn't know this until about 20 minutes ago, but you pronounce the indoor sport differently than the outdoor sport you spell it
4: differently so the outdoor sport is spelled b-o-c-c-e and the indoor sport is spelled b-o-c-c-i-a okay but bocce and boccia right no we still pronounce it bocce but without the a oh it's there but we don't pronounce it there you go Uh, yeah
5: that that's easy that's
2: and are there differences in, in, in the, the rules? So the indoor, ver- the biggest
4: difference is the indoor version has uh, leather balls. So instead of ceramic, it's, it's leather. And the court is 10 meters long by 6 meters wide. There's no bumpers. I was talking to an athlete we're going to hear from later who said there's bumpers in this game. So they have like a straight sheet. We have much more of a wide um
2: playing surface than they do all right you're now the second bocce player i know the only other one i know is uh, retired hockey hall of famer phil esposito ah. that's why i thought maybe you were old because phil's old he's like really old <laughs> like i said we're gonna move
4: on from Mike's the got this got a shovel got up yeah got that, <laughs> that
5: was lame that was a nice try mike but that was pretty lame
2: i'm doing my best here folks I got a good competition here with Brock, there's no doubt about it. All right, let's take our first break of the broadcast and remind you that you're listening to AMI-audio's coverage of the Special Olympics Ontario Invitational Youth Games Opening Ceremony happening live at the Toronto Metro Convention Centre in downtown Toronto. We'll be right back. my Audio's coverage of the Special Olympics Ontario Invitational Youth Games Opening Ceremony live from the Metro Convention Center in downtown Toronto. I'm Mike Ross along with Norma Wick, Brock Richardson, and Karen McGee on the virtual red carpet just minutes away from the ceremony, which you can catch at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on all of TSN's platforms. Now, as mentioned, we're going to be talking to some of the organizers. We're going to talk to fans, coaches, and some of the athletes. And for uh, our first interview of the hour, I want to bring back Brock Richardson.
4: Hey, Mike. I am joined by uh, Coach Sue Cunningham and Brianna Berg. Ladies, thank you for joining me tonight.
6: Thank you for asking us.
4: Let's start uh, by telling the listeners your involvement with the sport of bocce. So, Sue, we'll start with you.
6: Okay, as uh, an educational assistant, I've had the honor of being a coach for the past three years of a unified bocce team from our school, Governor Simcoe school, and uh, have found it to be such an amazing experience, both for my athletes and for the unified partners that we've been able to uh, find within our school.
4: Brianna, what, what about you? This is my first year as uh,
1: bocce ball. be asked to help out this year. I've been playing bocce ball since I was like five years old. Not competitively but it's just been help like it's been a great help for me.
4: What is it that uh, drew you to the sport of bocce? Like what stood out to you where you thought oh this is a sport I really have to play?
1: Uh, My grandpa actually started talking about it when we were at the cottage and it just really interested me about it when with the precision of it. Um, I also play. I play hockey and ringette as well. It with, just with the precision of the sport, just made me uh, more compatible with the sport.
4: And Sue,
6: what about you? What drew
4: you to the sport?
6: Can you repeat that, please?
4: What drew you to the sport? Like, what made you decide this is something I want to get involved in?
6: Well, I, in the winter, I'm a curler, and I see there's so many comparisons to curling that it, as a coach for curling, I found that coaching. For bocce, was quite similar. I had to look at different strategies, uh, different, different types of shots. There are takeouts in curling. There are takeouts in bocce. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. It was also the, a, a sport where um, people of every ability could participate. And that, to me, was extremely important. And participate together.
4: And what are some of the rules that are in bocce? Can we go over some of that? Either one of you can answer that.
6: Okay, sure, I can start with it. Uh, it, In bocce, uh, the team who has uh, first color or first choice gets to throw out the... Now, I always call it the wrong name. I think it's a polina, and I call it the panini when I'm hungry, so we will call it whatever it is. Mm. But it's the little white ball that we throw out, and uh, it's it's truly... to your advantage to be able to throw the ball out because then you throw your first colored ball out and the person that has thrown it doesn't have to move from where they were standing and can throw with the same strength and hopefully get the ball right back. Um, And then it's truly like in curling. It's truly the the, the team that has the closest balls to the Polina at the end wins. And if your four balls are closer, you get four points.
4: And how many ends... Like, what, what is the scoring system in this sport?
6: Okay, there, Brianna, do
1: you want to take it? Uh, for every single ball that you have get closest to the Polina, it's one point. But if the other team ends up having, like, if you have the one ball closest and another person has the second closest ball, you only get the one point. But if you have the four closest balls of the same color towards the Polina, you get the four points.
4: And then when, when and how does the game conclude?
6: There's a 20-minute time limit on the game. So if the time limit ends and you haven't finished your end, then you complete that end, and the game is is then finished.
4: Okay. And can you quickly tell us about uh, some of the athletes that are going to be competing in the sport of boxing?
6: The athletes from our uh, sport team right now, we have two unified athletes, and we have two identified athletes on our team um so and within the bocce competition this week there are traditional teams so where all four members of the team will be identified and then there's unified bocce where like our team we have two unified athletes and two identified athletes playing together on the team
4: awesome well good luck uh in the competition we wish you all the best
6: thank you and thank Thank you for having us
4: We'll send it back over to Mike Roth.
2: All right. Thank you very much, Brock. And thanks to Brianna and Sue. Uh, Brianna going to be taking part in the bocce uh, part of the uh, games here. We are live at uh, the Toronto Metro Convention Centre in downtown Toronto. And we're set here for the opening ceremony to the 2019 Special Olympics Ontario Invitational Youth Games opening ceremony. 2,000 athletes are coming uh, to Toronto from around the world to compete in these games. We mentioned uh, one of the sports being bocce. Another one of the sports is basketball. Uh, that uh, they're going to be uh, competing in here in Toronto. And for more on that, I'd like to welcome back to the broadcast my co-host, Norma Wick.
3: Thank you, Mike. And I am here with Dan Maskellidis and a young, strapping, tall guy named Matthew Fu who is on the uh, basketball team. Um, You're from Drury High School? Yeah. Yeah, and you started playing basketball there, and uh, Mr. Maskellidis was your coach. Yeah. And how was that? Go
7: ahead.
3: Yeah. Now you play on the unified team yeah. now. Is there what's the difference between how you played at school and now how you play on a unified team? Is is it different? Yeah. Yeah, you know, what's different about it? You have other gu- different people on the team yeah. playing with you? Yeah. Have they sort of taught you some new things yeah. and helped you along? Yeah. yeah? That's awesome. Yeah. What's your favorite part? Basketball. Yeah? What are you? Are you a power forward? Are you a center? Are you a, oh, a shooting guard? Yeah. Yeah. Bet you've got some ball handling skills, huh?
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, have you been watching the Raptors? Yeah. Pretty good inspiration, huh?
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Are you... I can feel... The, can you feel the energy in this room? Are you excited? Yeah. Yeah. What's it going to be like to go to the opening ceremonies with 2,000 other athletes? Pretty yeah. exciting, yeah, yeah. So Dan, you got Matthew in uh, in school.
8: Yeah, Matthew is uh, one of the kids in the school that loves basketball the most. He's in the gym all the time. Uh, in gym class, as soon as he walks in, he runs into the equipment room, grabs a ball, and he starts shooting right away. And he has. The sweetest form you've ever seen on somebody's shooting. I've coached a lot of high caliber athletes at Eastern Commerce. I used to coach, and this guy's shooting form is unbelievable. It's picture perfect.
3: Where does that come from? Do you have an inspiration? Did you watch a lot of basketball on TV before yeah. you picked one up? Who are your favorites? Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. They had a pretty good game the other night, didn't yeah. they not? Did you see that final shot fall? Yeah. yeah, Did you scream? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might have thrown a couple of things too. Yeah. Pretty exciting. So you like to shoot the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? As guards always say, if it feels like leather, shoot it. <laughs> so talk about, uh, Dan, his sort of evolvement from the high school level to the unified team.
8: Well, our school um, is represented today in the traditional basketball, and uh, it was funny, a funny story actually. One of our players dropped out, and the team that qualified, Matthew, was not on, and I knew out of everybody in the school he loved basketball the most. So I called up the Special Olympics and I asked them, could we please get Matthew on our team to substitute for the player who couldn't come? And she was looking up the names, and she said, Matthew Fu." She goes, how do you spell it? And I said, first, F-U. And I'm, I pause. I go, I'm not holding, <laughs> putting anything against you. And then I said, hold on, hold on. It's F-U-H. Sorry, actually. <laughs> and uh, she said, I think he's on. And she's got so many athletes. I was surprised that she could figure it out. She said, I think he's on the unified. I go, are you sure? And he said, yeah. Is his mom Susan? I go, yeah, that's her. He goes, she's already on the unified team. And I'm like, OK, I don't have to worry. As long as he's going to be there, I was, I was so happy. So he's gotten so good that he can actually play with kids who are um,
3: mainstream,
8: yeah, mainstream kids, and he, yeah. and he plays well, and he can hold his own. So we're we're very proud of him. Actually, I
3: bet they're glad to have you on their team. Yeah. Now you say you like Kyle Lowry, but you're kind of quiet, like Kawhi. Yeah. Do you have a little bit of Kawhi in you, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, you just go out there and get it done, right? Yeah. How many shots do you think you put up every do you, when you practice? How many How many shots do you take? Oh. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite? part of the gym to shoot from are you do you like are you a mid-range jumper kind of guy no what do you like
8: sure three pointers you like the three i pointers. was gonna three yeah, goals, goals, deep. Oh.
2: yeah. Oh. Bombs away.
3: girls love the long ball yeah 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 well i'm really excited to have you here yeah and i think this is a really amazing opportunity to play with a lot of other kids, can you just go back a little bit quickly to mm-hmm. the unified? Thing? Because it seems to me that um, a lot of this is about building community and building support networks and building buddies and people who have a similar passion.
8: Yeah, we, we um, particularly at our school too, we have one of the local schools, Newtonbrook, which is a mainstream school. Uh, we have a best buddies program too, where the boys and the girls go with uh, students from the other school. So we have some of those partnerships already, and the Special Olympics have sort of extended that also by introducing the unified teams uh, this year. So it's, it's a really good opportunity, especially for those kids who are a little bit higher caliber and who can hold their own a little bit better with um, some of the mainstream athletes. And it's good for uh, kids like Matthew to you know expand his horizons.
6: Yeah, Mike
3: wanted to jump yeah. in.
2: I just want to ask, when you are introducing the unified division to a team, who do you think was the tougher group to convince and, and, and to, 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 to have show their confidence and tell them, you know, it was, this was a good thing and, and wanted them to get involved? Was it the, the, the mainstream players or did you have to push the players with the developmental disabilities more? Which group was more confident?
8: One thing I've been teaching for 25 years, and my last five years have been at Drew, which is an all special needs school. And one thing I can say about the kids with special needs, they will do; they'll run through a wall for you and do whatever you ask of them. So they'll they're excited to do anything. The mainstream kids, I think it's it's good for them to to do this also because it gives them an idea of um, how other students are and it builds empathy. They can. Um, you know, put themselves in other kids' shoes. And they're like big brothers to these kids. You know, they take them under their their arms and under their wings and, you know, nurture them. And they're very, very supportive. They're, they're, they're great with the kids.
3: I was going to say, I think some of them were probably pleasantly surprised at how much fun it is.
8: Yeah, pleasantly surprised and, and surprised actually how good some of them are. Exactly. Like I said, this kid's form if you see it. Kyle Lowry none of those guys have anything on him it's, he's got incredible form
3: can you show us your form can you give us the gooseneck oh yeah oh, nice. A nice gooseneck on the end of that great follow through
7: yeah
3: yeah well we're lucky to have you here on yeah. our show and your team is lucky to have you yeah now you're going to take the athlete's oath do you know what that is no it's kind of like a wish and a promise um but they will ask you to say
1: yeah
3: I hope I win
1: I hope
9: we win
3: But if I can't, you know, let me be brave in the effort.
9: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. And I think you've got all of that going for you. So best of luck. Have fun tonight. This is where you get to have all the fun and then the work starts. All right. Well, great talking to you both. Thank you so much for your time.
8: Thank you for having us. All right,
2: thank you, Norma. We are live at the Special Olympics Ontario Invitational Youth Games ceremony live at the Metro Convention Center in downtown Toronto. Mike Ross along with Norma Wick, Brock Richardson, and Karen McGee as we get set for the opening ceremonies, which will be broadcast live on TSN's platforms beginning at 7.30 Eastern Time tonight. And uh, then you're going to have 2,000 student-athletes from around the world taking part in the uh, 2019 Special Olympics Ontario Invitational Youth Games right now we want to welcome in a uh, special guest the ceo and president of special (coughs) olympics ontario that is glenn McDonnell. glenn welcome how are you
0: thanks mike nice to be back nice Nice to see see you you (laughs) again
2: um this is a big one this is uh it's finally here i mean when we were speaking last you know you could sense the energy you could sense the uh, the anticipation but now it's here how do you feel today
0: uh, terrific. You know, it's, as I said to a lot of people, it was uh, two and a half years in the planning and 50 years in the making, so it's, uh, it, you know, this crowd behind you will tell you uh, what it's all about.
3: This is the first Invitational Youth Games. just happens to coincide with the 50th anniversary. Uh, I gather that was part of the goal.
0: It really was. Uh, you know, there's some great programs that are similar to ours in the, in the U.S., and then there's a lot of programs that... That uh, you know, aspire to do this, some of the same things. We're we're lucky in Ontario, blessed in Canada, to have some of the things that we do. We've got a great education system where we'd be able to model and pilot this program here, especially in Ontario, and it's growing. And uh, and I think, um, as I said to somebody, it's not about vanity; it's about sharing. And uh, we have uh, a lot of people here who are, who are sharing ideas. They're really excited, and and it's really about uh, education, awareness, and motivation. Somebody leaves us. I want people saying, "Me too." Not so what.
3: Right, and because you've got other other branches of activity, including an observers program.
0: Yeah, for where, sure. Yeah,
3: people are coming in, best practices, exchanging information, inspiration.
0: Yeah, and as, you know, and really, in this particular, um, you know, um, construct is that, you know, it's really, as I said to somebody, it's really about bu- building the the minor sports system inside of Special Olympics, and so we have children's programs, and now we'll have, you know, school programs, then we have community programs. Uh, you've got to have congregation before you can have integration, and uh, and this is uh, sports a great way to do it.
3: And also the exposure for these kids to now go beyond the high school level and branch out a little further, having you know meeting other athletes from other countries. It's got to be really exciting for yeah, them. Yeah,
0: you know, I mean, I, I think any of us who've uh, you know who've been around sport our whole life, most of us would say it's the, it's where our friendships are. It's it's, it's the social fabric of, of kind of who we are. And so, um, there's, the high school age is a very formative age. And uh, and if that uh, if that environment's really positive in high school, and uh, not just for the person who's a special ed student, but we're talking about uh, the other students in the school. If that if that if sport has a has an ability to bring people together, people feel motivated, and 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 then they actually have some opportunities to, uh, you know, to uh, you know access uh, you know sport in the community. Uh, it's worth, it's, uh, it's worth the endeavor.
3: Yes, it's, a lot of this is about community and building community because you, it centers around health and sports, but it really is about building those networks. And uh, we were talking, we've been mentioning Unified, the Unified Division, but I'm, I'm sure that's made a big difference.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I wish in, in, in the years that we've been doing it, you know, as I said to somebody today, it's organic. And, and uh, the program doesn't grow because, hey, we've designed it this way and this is the way it'll be done. It has to work well in big communities and small communities. It has to work well. Schools aren't uh, all the same. Uh, And uh, and so this program is really built about, you know, the way a high school actually operates. Community spirit, being proud of your colors, you know, competing against your neighbor's school. You know, that is really the, I'm most proud of the the 85 regional events we had across the province of Ontario that had 7,000 participants in it. This is wonderful. This is just a showcase of a platform that other people can use in other places. But what I'm most proud is that uh, the program is, uh, is growing on the ground.
3: Yeah, and speaking of community, you can't do anything like this without volunteers. And it feels like it's almost a job that's hard to get. <laughs> uh, I see the T-shirts that say, you know, caution, uh, you know, volunteering at Special Olympics is addictive. <laughs> but it seems so.
0: Somebody once coined the word, we're kind of a sticky organization. Somebody seems to get involved with us; They stay a long time. As an organization, as a, as a charitable organization, our, our history is that we have volunteers that stay longer. Uh, people get excited. Uh, you know, the volunteers that come up and they thank you about what an experience it is for them. And, uh, and I think we've morphed. This school program has allowed us to, to morph into something a little different too. There's 400 corporate volunteers here uh, volunteering in these games. My sense is those volunteers will go back on Monday, they're going to be more motivated than they ever were for the, for, for the, the place they work at and the opportunity they had to come uh, have this experience. And if that makes them a better employee, it'll certainly make them a better volunteer for us. And uh, all that working together is a good society. I would imagine when you put on the first of anything, a lot of people watching
2: to see not how, not necessarily how you're going to do, because you're going to pull it off, but how they can build on what you 're doing, how many people here are from other special Olympics organizations and thinking they're, they want to put on an event like this in the future
0: well there 'd be you know, upwards to you know twenty to thirty in that in that range uh, and then some are coming. I was at the observers program days so, uh, you know, uh, you know we all think oh, they 're all from Arizona, but they all come from different parts in Arizona and different school districts in arizona they 're all interested in interested from people from Connecticut. Have a, have a, you know, they're looking and say, boy, Connecticut and Ontario, you're, we're very similar. Um, you know, a um, guy from Alaska looking and saying, can I do this? You know, this is how we're set up. And I think that they walked away and they said, you know, we can do this, you know, because our schools, our schools in PEI do look like Ontario and they do look like Arizona and they do look like Alaska. And so that part of it, I think today, I had a lot of people come up and say, yeah, I think, you know, I think we've got the can-do uh, attitude here because we can do this too. And as much
3: as this is the 50th anniversary of Special Olympics, uh, Special if its Ontario has done its share of growing along the way this must feel like a real uh, moment for you guys
0: yeah I think there 's a lot of pride there's a lot of people who' put their uh, their heart and soul into this uh, we really believe in what we 're doing here and we, al- we also believe that this is this is change that we 're going through change uh, that we you know as uh, we can be very proud of the work that 's happened over fifty years, but when we can do something that really hasn 't been done. And, uh, and uh, as, as someone said, you know, when they, when they built Pearson Airport, they didn't worry about uh, Terminal 1. They worried about whether the runway was big enough. And so we're building runways. Now, part of our
2: broadcast is a former Paralympian right here, Brock Richardson, who's a bocce player. So he's our sort of our expert here, our expert analyst. But he's got a question for you as well.
4: I'm curious, like, when you look back on this event, what will constitute success for you? Like, when you sit here... You know, a week from now, what, what will you say that was successful when you see it happen?
0: I think, Rock what will make it successful is if, if I'm hearing from other programs that says they came, uh, they can do it. Can we help them do it? Is there anything they can learn? And volunteers who have maybe never been around our organization coming back. I think that will, that will be uh, the measures of success that we'll look at and say, yeah, it was worth all the effort.
4: I mean, even just the buzz in here with the athletes, you can tell it's already a, a success and nothing's, uh, nothing's quite happened. What are your viewpoints on what you've seen already before it even starts?
0: Uh, I would echo what you just said, Brock. I'd say, well, those guys will tell you whether it's successful or not. My job's done. <laughs> <laughs> and it's over to these guys. And, and, uh, and I think the enthusiasm you're going to see uh, you know, uh, with the pomp and pageantry that all ceremonies have, uh, the emotion and uh, and that part of it is always fun for any of us to be part of
3: and walking with your teammates carrying a placard and bearing the pride of your school your province your state your
0: you saw that I mean that's something as I said today that you know you don't say we don't say schools and you're from here you're from St. George's or George public school and and that's the part that these guys are so crank you know they're wearing their colors you know and uh, and uh, and that's uh, wonderful
3: well, we so appreciate your time tonight. I know it's it's been a busy time for you, and it will continue over the next four days. But uh, from what we can feel in this room, I think uh, it's going to be exciting, fun, and uh, it's going to leave a lasting impression.
0: Awareness is our number one challenge, and I can't thank you enough for helping us spread more.
3: It's our pleasure.
0: All right. Len, thank you very much. Good to see you again. Nice to see you. Thanks a lot. When we come back. We're going
2: to introduce you to Kirsten Bobby, the operations and logistics manager of the 2019 Special Olympics Ontario Invitational Youth Games. So stay tuned. You're listening to AMI-audio's coverage of the Special Olympics Ontario Invitational Youth Games opening ceremony live from the Metro Convention Centre in downtown Toronto. We'll be back after this. Welcome back. I'm Mike Ross, and we're coming to you live here on AMI-audio. It's our coverage of the Special Olympics Ontario Invitational Youth Games opening ceremony live at the Toronto Metro Convention Centre in downtown Toronto. I'm here with Norma Wick, Brock Richardson, and Karen McGee on the virtual red carpet. We are just minutes away from the ceremony, and you can catch it live on TSN beginning at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. In fact, on all of TSN's platforms. We've got another guest to introduce you to. Here's Norma.
3: Well, we are with sort of the woman of the hour right now. And probably part of this, the sticky part of the operation that your president and CEO was just referring to because Kirsten Bobby is with us and she started as a volunteer some seven years ago. Sure did. And now you're putting on the biggest event in Special Olympics Ontario history as the operation and logistics manager. How are you still standing?
10: (laughs) Adrenaline, honestly, just uh, watching the athletes kind of keeps you going, I I
3: promise you. Especially right now, we've all been talking about the buzz in this room. That must be a tremendous sense of payoff for you. Absolutely, yeah,
10: and you know what? Uh, Seven years ago at our first games, we had 42 athletes at our provincials. We have 2,281 today. Uh, so quite
3: the, quite the journey to get here. Absolutely, and um, we, we spoke about this briefly, but it's a small, enthusiastic team that has put this together. I said they should make the next Marvel superhero movie about <laughs> you guys, but talk about what has gone into pulling this off. For sure, so uh, we are a very small team. We've got uh,
10: eight full-time staff on the committee, uh, but most importantly, we have 110 volunteers on our organizing committee. of those are Toronto Police Service members, which is phenomenal. And uh, we've got 1,400 volunteers uh, throughout the week, which, of course, we couldn't do these games without them.
3: I was going to say it's almost like it's a hard job to get because I was looking online. Like, how quickly did you have all the volunteers that you need? I mean, aside from this event, you can always use volunteers in your programs. But for this event, it felt like you pretty much filled your needs pretty quickly. We sure did,
10: it's, it's a unique event, it's during the week, it's during the day. Uh, so we had a lot of great corporate groups step up and help us out, we've got some great school groups with us today, um, so yeah, we had no problem finding all the people we needed.
2: I'm just curious, Kirsten, you know what prepares you to put on an event like this? Because I mean, when I think logistics of an event like this with this many people, this many venues, that 's huge, so how do you how do you get prepared to to put on an event like that? What kind of experience do you have
10: uh, well officially we 've been working on this for about a year and a half. this single event, so lots of time going into making sure we 've got everything um, but really uh, it really helped me starting so small and then growing because I got to grow with the program uh, and really the base of everything and these games no matter how big they are, the base and the core is still the same. We still need all the same functional
4: portions. So you mentioned the growth and I'm really curious what in your mind made it so big like what was the fundamental reason in your opinion why we see such growth?
10: I think it's because something like this didn't exist before and so there was this huge need and want out there that no one knew about and then when the program started uh, everyone heard about it and uh, realized that there was this gap in the system uh, and in the school system. And so um, we've just uh, we've been kind of beaten down the door and uh, we have to keep people away sometimes. It's
3: so popular. And this all stems from the school system that started in 2010, 2011? Yeah, 2011, 2012, first school year, of course, yeah. Um,
10: And so, yes, we started very small in Ontario, and then word spread, and we grew and grew each year, and then word spread over the borders, and uh, so we decided to invite the rest of
3: the world in to see what we do here in hopes that they get to take it home and do it themselves. That must be very gratifying when you do something and realize that you've tapped into something so much bigger than you'd ever imagined. Oh, absolutely. I I, uh, I literally have the best job in the world. I have a front
10: row seat to watching this go from from very grassroots all the way to the international stage.
3: Can you talk a little bit about the venues? You've, uh, how many venues are there? So five sports, but how many venues?
10: Yeah, absolutely. We've got some great venue partners. Five sports. Uh, we're up at the International Center out by the airport. Seneca College. Uh, of course, University of Toronto is our main hub for sports. We've got three of our sports there. Plus the Sobeys Fan Zone and our Healthy Athletes uh, by Dairy Farmers is presented there as well.
4: I'm very curious, and for those that might listen or watch on TSN, what can they expect uh, for the opening ceremony? Is there any special performer? Because there was drums going on when I came in, so I'm curious to know. <laughs> oh,
10: he wants, he wants to spoil. You spoiler, got the inside alert. scoop. Oh, that's what you want. We uh, Well, I can't give it away, but we've got it all. I promise you we've got singers, dancers, pipes, drums, uh, bagpipes, everything like
3: that. I would imagine that if you just put everybody in a room together and handed them a water, they would have a blast. Absolutely. (laughs) You know what? They're just having a blast meeting
10: new friends behind us as they get ready to go.
4: For me, as an athlete, the opening ceremony was kind of my favorite part because I tried to get it out of you, but it always was so hush-hush. No, we ain't telling you what's going on. Uh, (laughs) You got to be here, man, to watch it. So as an athlete, I just know that the opening ceremony, and especially the march, is the most important thing because... You realize that family, friends, people are all looking forward for you to be there. So
10: You got it. There's 5,000 people in there tonight, plus everyone watching along from home. So it's, you're right. It's, uh, it's quite the honor to be able to walk in when all the lights are on you and you get your moment in the spotlight.
2: What is it like to oversee an event like this with the number of staff you have, the number of volunteers you have? I mean, you've been preparing for this. It's been, I, what did Glenn say, months. two and a half years almost mm. for, from, from beginning to now? So now as it starts to sort of unfold, how do you not just sit here and want to just have your thumb in every pie here and want to make sure everything's going well, but you have to trust the people that you brought in?
10: You got it. We worked with those people for so long. We've chosen all of our leads so well um, that they're able to carry the torch for us so that I can relax and, uh, and be there to pre- and prepare to you know, put out any fires that come up um, and, uh, and get ready for that. If you've got your thumb and everything, you don't have time for anything like that. But if you're looking for me in the ceremony, I'll be in the back crying, I'm sure. It's like watching your firstborn go off to school yeah. for the first time. Yeah.
2: Well, we, uh, we wish you all the best. Thanks, guys. We hope that uh, the adrenaline holds you up.
10: It and will, if, I promise. If
2: not, they, I'm sure there's some coffee around yeah, here exactly. somewhere. Uh, Kirsten, we really appreciate you being a part of our broadcast, and congratulations. Thank uh, you very much. We wish you all the success in the world with the event.
10: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
2: All right. Kirsten Bobby, operations and logistics manager of the 2019 Special Olympics Ontario Invitational Youth Games. She's been involved as an intern with this program for seven years and uh, started seven years ago and has made her way to manager overseeing the largest games in Special Olympics Ontario history. We're going to take a time out. And when we come back, We've told you, we already heard that there are uh, several members of police services from across the province involved with Special Olympics Ontario. We're going to meet one of the leaders when we come back. Chief Al Frederick from Windsor is going to join us after the break as we continue with AMI-audio's coverage of the Special Olympics Ontario Invitational Youth Games Opening Ceremony live from the Metro Convention Centre in Toronto. We'll be right back. back to AMI-audio's coverage of the Special Olympics Ontario Invitational Youth Games Opening Ceremony live from the Metro Convention Centre in downtown Toronto. I'm Mike Ross along with Norma Wick, Brock Richardson and Karen McGee. We're on the virtual red carpet just moments away from the ceremony which you can catch live on TSN's platforms beginning at 7.30 Eastern Time. We've had some great guests with us throughout the broadcast and we've got another one here with Norma.
3: Yes, I am with Chief Al Frederick. And we talk about the long arm of the law. This is like the big outstretched hand of the law. Uh, Glenn was telling us about how involved the police are as well as Kirsten. What is the genesis of your involvement or just police involvement in general? Because you've been around this for a long time. long
11: time. So great question. Policing in Ontario has been partners. That's been our charity of choice for over 35 years. So that's how it all started. Some of the original founders are here this evening uh, from the Toronto area. And really, we are here to raise awareness for these great athletes, and we're here to help with fundraising, and we do very well at that. But most importantly, we receive as much as we give, and it keeps us coming back again and again. And when you see the opening ceremonies for the first time, you're hooked. Yeah, yeah, you're. Hooked.
3: I was laughing because you, you're almost as giddy as the yeah. athletes. Yeah. You, congratulations, by the way, have received as part of the 50th anniversary a medallion for builder yes. award. So, what does this moment mean to you?
11: <clears throat> well, I, it always comes back to the athletes. It it really is the focus of everything. And earlier tonight, I was fortunate enough to be invited to a a uh, pre-party, so to speak. And you see the sponsors. This doesn't take any selling. People want to participate in this. It's such a great cause. And you can see, while I was just standing here in uniform, the athletes that come up. And they have this trust and this bond in policing. And I feel the same about them. That you know their uh, involvement makes me enthusiastic about it, and so and it's it's infectious, right? So I think the greatest thing what it does for me it, it reaffirms that our community, the larger and broader community, is in full support of these great athletes and the sponsors and the policing uh, community. We work together on their behalf, and that's the center, the the kids.
3: Yeah, we talked about this being a sticky thing when you get involved. What does it do for you personally? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a feeling you would be here regardless of your position and the role that uh, you play in this as a police chief.
11: Yeah. Well, very true. I mean, uh, I've been participating in the runs for almost 35 years, but just as a young officer and coming through the ranks. And then in 2007, I was asked to chair the summer games in Windsor. And that's where I really just became immersed in the, uh, the movement, I'll call it, and met uh, Frank Hayden and his beautiful wife, Miriam. And, uh, Who
3: doesn't get enough credit, by the
1: way.
11: I, I can't believe that. He's a, he is a real icon worldwide. He's known, yes. and he lives right here in Toronto. And uh, so anyway, that that's kind of the hook. But you'll see the Chiefs tonight in a whole different uh, light. They'll be high-fiving and slapping backs and cheering on their kids. They know all of the kids that come from their jurisdiction. They'll know them by name. And uh, that, that doesn't happen by chance. You know, we, we are really invested.
3: We've, we've touched on this, but since the inception of the uh, student program, all of a sudden it's just caught fire. So are, are you surprised, though, by what you see right here, right now?
11: Not at all. I did hear the scope of this was going to be something unprecedented, and it really is, and probably Toronto would be the only place in Ontario that could host something like this. Uh, You know, we had 600 athletes and about 600 volunteers. This is triple or four times that amount, and you need huge facilities in order to accommodate that. And, again, a community that wants to house and feed them and transport them and show them a good time, and uh, and they deserve it, and uh, it's going to be a great party here today, I'll tell you.
3: When this is over, or when any event that you're involved with is over, what's your take? What, what do you go
6: home feeling?
11: Yeah. So uh, I, I feel a sense of gratitude, but, you know, for all the support, but I feel a sense of uh, we can do more, right? And they deserve more. And, you know, they talked about it today. They're not just special Olympic athletes. They're special people. And they are uh, they all bring a unique character as we do all, but they're diverse their disability is a diverse uh, attribute, and we got to rejoice in that, and just like they do with us, we do with them, and the the disability becomes lost in that great uh, you know, that great level fair
3: well sometimes they're unencumbered by the things that we are because they are such an open joy. oh yeah. And you never have to wonder what's on their minds. No, you know, the, no. There's, there's so much communication and joy. It's extremely infectious.
11: You, you said that well. It's an open joy. I agree with that 100%. Um, they're, they're, the competitions are awesome because they're so competitive. And then when they're done, they're like best friends again with the, with the competing teams. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, this is fantastic, and we're very happy that you could join us.
11: Thank you. Chief
3: Al Frederick, I didn't mention you're Windsor. Yes. Yes. Um, But great to have you along, and obviously you and uh, the rest of the men in blue have done a fantastic job of supporting not just these events but the athletes, and maybe it will encourage more people to uh, think about getting involved too.
11: Absolutely. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you for everything.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, we've been talking to athletes, we've been talking to the organizers, and uh, talking to coaches. One of the groups of people we haven't yet really spoken to, we've spoken about them, but haven't spoken to, are the volunteers that are involved in putting on an event like this. And we thought it was important to talk to a couple of them here before we wrap up the broadcast. So we've got Akash and Gerwinder who are both volunteers here at the 2019 uh, international Youth Games, uh, Invitational Youth Games here for Special Olympics Ontario. Welcome to both of you. How
7: are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty well. Excellent. You winner,
2: very- how are you?
9: Fine, thank you. Thank you very much for having us here and giving us the opportunity to share our experiences of the day today. Well, you. so
2: far so good, right? I mean, it's the calm before the storm. You guys ready to go?
9: Yep. Been ready. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Born ready. So, what kind of preparations, Akash, uh, did you have to sort of go through? What kind of training did you have to go through in order to be able to volunteer here?
7: Okay, so uh, basically, what we do is we help people, like guiding them to go to where they need to go. If they have any questions, they come to us. So, we were just told um, where certain parts of the building are and um, trying to help people guide them to where they need to go. And so that was the training that we really went through.
3: Can you feel the energy in this building right now?
7: The
9: energy is amazing as soon as we walked in and see the uh, amazing athletes who are here and see their their positive spirits, their energy as they walk in, the excitement. It's amazing to see A that. A lot of
3: people say, too, does it kind of just by osmosis, you kind of pick up on that, and it actually it's hard not to feel it, too.
9: Yeah, that's... It's very correct. Uh, we walk in and you, it just hits you, right? Like like a wave. You walk in and you just nothing has to be said to you. you just you just feel the you just feel the energy.
3: Mm-hmm. And the joy. This is a big moment in these people's lives. It it's always fun to share in it, isn't it?
9: Yeah, to be part of something like this. Um, as you go down, and you'll, you'll remember these moments where you've seen the these amazing athletes and how how they felt. This
3: is for both of you. Um, how did you actually decide to get involved? What was it that made you want to volunteer?
7: Okay, so um, we're actually volunteering with uh, the Youth and Policing Initiative. So um, I was on Facebook, and they posted something. They were calling for volunteers to come and help out with the games. And I noticed it was really big, and they were helping kids with um, really getting out there and uh, breaking their like um, inner barrier, like,
3: yeah yeah right
7: so um i really i really wanted to help out with that and yep
3: that's awesome and you
7: so the toronto
9: uh, police service has an amazing uh, youth and policing policing initiative program uh, we both are past alumni of this program and there's all once you are a mem uh, you do the program you always have opportunities to uh, come in and volunteer uh, in the community so We learned about this from the Youth in Policing Initiative. That's why we are here today to
7: volunteer.
2: Now, is the Youth Police Initiative, is that that you both want to be police officers someday, or are you both criminals?
7: (laughs) 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 We're actually both uh, looking into doing policing after we're done schooling.
2: So you've got great role models then, with other police service uh, uh, members being almost sort of like founding partners with the Special Olympics, right? Mm -hmm. So... The, uh, the, the ground has sort of been laid upon you or laid before you here to get involved.
3: I guess but, it goes to show you, too, that, that, that policing isn't just about chasing down the bad guy. It's actually about being part yeah. of your community and developing those relationships. Yeah. Th-
9: that's what we went in the Youth and Policing Initiative program. That's what we got to see that policing is way more than what you, what you the rumors you hear. Once you are in this program, it changes your perspective, and you actually see the reality. How mm-hmm. so? Community engagement. Mm-hmm. You go into the communities. You learn about other people,
7: and that's what and makes building you.
3: trust and communication. Yeah.
7: And, and uh, like, r- quite recently, like there's been incidents of like police shootings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So like, police getting involved in things like this, it really builds, helps to build trust in the community.
4: What are you guys hoping to gain from an experience such as this one being volunteers
7: okay so um, I really want to gain some like skills like talking to people um, getting to know the community and things like that
9: uh, I came to this event where I can help build my skills interacting with people seeing um, how how to come work with uh, from where I live uh, come into an environment where um, I can uh, also use my leadership skills, build my leadership, working in a team environment. It helps me build those skills.
3: Now, if, if the end game is to learn how to meet people and talk to people, it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel in here, because this is an extremely outgoing, friendly group. You've probably found that a lot of them, yeah. are, they are very approachable. They, want, they approach you, they want to talk to you, they want to find out who you mm-hmm. are, they... They're very engaging.
9: Yeah, that, that, that's correct. We walk in and everyone's saying hi. Uh, we see the excitement of uh, asking us how your day is. And it's a great experience so far. Well,
2: there are tremendous young athletes and coaches here, but nice to see some tremendous young volunteers. So thanks to both of you for being involved. Yeah. And thanks for being on our broadcast. We appreciate it. Yeah, Thank you very so much. Thank you. Uh, Akash and Gerwinder are volunteers here at the uh, uh, Special Olympics uh, Invitational Youth Games. Which, uh, hey, you know what? Our hour's done already. That has absolutely flown by, and we are getting ready for the opening ceremony. This is uh, going to be broadcast live on TSN. And uh, want to uh, thank Norma Wick. Want to thank Brock Richardson. Want to thank uh, uh, Karen McGee for being part of the broadcast. Nice to see all of you. And want to thank Sam Robinson for uh, taking care of us on the uh, technical side of things. Also, thanks. Paula Dineen. Our social media was presented by Blake Vandergraaf and the manager of AMI Audio is Andy Frank. If you're listening to this program live, head over to TSN. All of their platforms carrying the opening ceremony next. If you're listening to this on a repeat of some kind, thank you very much for joining us. That is it for our broadcast. I'm Mike Ross for AMI Audio Live at the Metro Toronto Convention Center.
0: This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.
4: Hi, I'm Ramiya Amuthan. Join me weekly
3: for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.